Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group On Air. It's now officially rainy season in the state of Florida, which just throws another challenge at the Orlando Extension high-speed rail project. Oh, and many meteorologists say hurricanes could be on the rise this year. Hello everyone, this is Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Track and Structures magazine. Brightline Executive Vice President of Rail Infrastructure Mike Segelis says this time of year, Florida acts like a sponge with water tables rising after every rain event. Technology is helping workers avoid a potential disaster, and you will hear about that anecdote in a little bit. I had the chance to talk to Segelis on what is currently going on at the Orlando Extension Project, which when finished will connect the Orlando International Airport with West Palm Beach. So here is my full interview with Brightline Executive Vice President of Rail Infrastructure, Mike Segelis. So if you can maybe talk about your zones and the progress there. Okay, so um, zone one is, uh, just to remind you, is building-related work. Uh, it includes the vehicle maintenance facility and the, uh, the site work attendant to the vehicle maintenance facility, including the track work. It also includes about uh, 2,500 feet of um, connecting track, what we call the civil lead-in, um, and it uh, also includes, will include the, the station tenant fit-out. Um, you, you've been here so you know where our station is, and the interior fit-out of that uh, space is a part of Zone 1. Uh, so where we are on that zone, the site work has been completed and, and accepted, so our uh, Stormwater pond is is uh, is is in place. Uh, major force main has been relocated. Uh, the site's been uh, elevated by about four feet, and uh, the building pad is is prepared. Um, and the contractor, the building contractor, was given a notice to proceed on June first. Uh, so they're about a little more than a week into the job. Um, and they are currently excavating for the uh, the drop pits, uh, the deep the deep excavation for the drop pits, which require dewatering. Um, and uh, so we're really excited to be underway with the VMF building construction work. Um, the tenant fit out for the station is um, um, not as time sensitive, and uh, the design is underway. We've sort of it's the kind of project that is uh, smaller in terms of dollars, but very important in terms of our visibility. And um, so 
the design is a big deal and gets a lot of eyes on it inside our company and and the designer is uh, uh, a design sketch has been prepared and and we're evaluating that we expect to start construction on that early next year um, and on uh, on zone one is 28 percent complete um, it's a little bit misleading because in the tenant space, um, we paid uh, the Greater Orlando Aviation Authority to go ahead and install mechanical equipment and electrical equipment um, as a part of their base building contract um, that saved us some money. Uh, and so that spend was actually, you know, years ago now, uh, and that's part of that 28%, but that, that's the percent complete of the uh, zone as of this date. Zone two is the GOA alignment, uh, which stretches from um, south of the intermodal transit facility to the GOA, what we call the GOA curve, where um, Highway 430 or Highway 436 um, joins the the Highway 528. Um, that project is now 40% complete. Um, it's uh, rail construction is quite visible now. Uh, the direct fix track inside the station is uh, complete. The plinths are complete, and the track one rail is complete. Uh, in track two, we have the um, the dummy track has been in, has been installed and remains in place and will be removed um, in in the next weeks and replaced with the permanent rail. Uh, we had a little bit of a delay on uh, getting clips, a, a, a COVID-related related delay, but that's resolved now, and so we'll have the materials next week, and we'll begin installation of the permanent rail and track two in the station. Um, the uh, number 10 switch, which is south of us uh, at the ITF, has been installed, um, and the track, um, including you know all the skeletonized track, um, and it has been installed all the way down to the joining point with the VMF um, and, um, you know, camping and regulating is going to be underway next week on that track. Um, so to the north of the station, uh, going out to the, in the direction of the 528, um, it's been major uh, earthwork and drainage work. Um, big culverts have been installed. Um, a, a new stormwater pond has been built and has now been grassed. Um, the rail alignment is completely visible. Um, the uh, the earth the, the the rail alignment is close to or approximating at grade uh, at its final grade at this point. Um, the uh, bridges are now under construction um, at at Tug Roads two and four and also at the B8 canal. Uh, so um, really strong progress in zone two. Um, zone three is also uh, an area of real strong progress. That is the connection from Highway, Highway 436 or Jeff Fuquay Boulevard all, all the way over to Coco. Um, the, uh, that alignment has, is nearly 100% cleared and grubbed. Um, about uh, 2.1 million cubic yards of a total of 6 million cubic yards of embankment have been placed. 
so uh, major earthwork activity uh, has been underway for quite some time and is continuing to be underway. Uh, we're drawing material from a borrow, two borrow pits that, uh, that we control. One is uh, on the Deseret Ranch and one is um, in the Cocoa area at Canaveral Groves. Um, we have a conveyor system um, that is being installed right now uh, that will enable the borrow material from the Canaveral Groves borrow pit to be transported via conveyor uh, to the other side of 528 to reach the rail alignment, uh, which saves uh, tens of thousands of trucks being on the 528 and, and uh, causing traffic jam ups and, and uh, the attendant use in fuel and, and time loss. So uh, um, that conveyor system is in place. Uh, bridge construction is a major activity. Uh, 18 of the 21 bridges are under construction in the east-west. Uh, they range from just starting to about 50% complete. Um, some of them have their uh, substructures completed. Uh, superstructure construction will be beginning on some of them uh, in the next months. Um, and so bridge construction has been a major activity. Uh, wall construction, we have about 860,000 square feet of walls and uh, about 110,000 square feet has, has been erected and is in place. Um, no rail construction yet, uh, and there won't be for quite some time, but we are beginning work on the connection of our line to the OUC coal spur, uh, which will be used for material delivery. Um, and that work is just, be just began last week. Um, fiber's been relocated in that corridor. It is continuing to be relocated. Uh, so uh, we're now into the summer season. We have rains, heavy rains we've had for the last two weeks. So water control continues to be a, is, is becoming a, a pretty big issue. It's sort of a, um, you know, we have a love-hate relationship with water here. Uh, uh, when it's dry, it's uh, dust control becomes a major problem. Uh, when it's, uh, we like a little bit of rain, but when there's too much rain, we, we have water control problems. So we're, we're moving from the dry season to the wet season, and water control is uh, becoming a, a, new, a new concern. Um, in Zone 4, uh, as you know, that's the uh, Florida East Coast Railway uh, corridor. Um, there's construction underway at all points of the corridor, um, all, all throughout the 128 miles. Um, the uh, activities that are underway at various points are track grading. Um, we have special track construction underway, construction and installation. Um, you know, we're really just starting on that, but, you know, four of 109 pieces of special track are, are, uh, are now complete. Um, we have uh, signal work underway where we're relocating um, entrance and exit gates at grade crossings. Um, we have uh, fiber relocation underway uh, where we're building new fiber duct bank for third-party fiber carriers uh, like Sprint and Verizon. That's um, underway in, in all six segments um, in one manner or another. Um, we have skeletonized track 
uh, under construction in the northern part of the zone. Uh, we have um, drainage construction underway where we're cleaning out uh, existing drainage and extending it under the new tracks, uh, what, under what will be the new tracks. Uh, we have sub-ballast operations uh, underway where we're placing and compacting sub-ballast. Um, so lots and lots of, uh, of activity in, in Zone 4. Bridge construction is also underway. Um, you know, we're mobilized at Waxahachie uh, Bridge, which is uh, a, a superstructure replacement of a movable ridge. Uh, we have uh, Taylor Creek is, uh, uh, we're going to completely replace that bridge. It's under construction. There's 20 bridges in the north-south, um, and, you know, we're mobilized on five of them now. Uh, so that's sort of an overall uh, high-level summary. Oh, one thing I forgot in Zone 3 that's a uh, very interesting component of the job is uh, our under, two of our underpasses are box jacks. Um, these are, this is a, a technology where you build the underpass um, adjacent and in the alignment uh, of the underpass, and then you jack it underneath the, using, you know, high-strength jacks, um, you jack it underneath the, uh, the roadway, and you excavate at the face of the, uh, you know, now, now soon-to-be tunnel. Um, so our first one is at Goldenrod Road, and uh, the, um, the, the placement slab and the, the uh, thrust block uh, that will allow the jack to begin um, are in place. And the first segment of the tunnel, um, the, the uh, floor slab and the walls have been completed, and the top slab is being formed right now. So the first tunnel segment will, will, will be complete um, in the next two weeks. And then we'll start on the second tunnel segment. Um, and then um, that's a September launch date for that uh, underpass. And um, we also will have a similar, similarly built underpass at the far eastern end of our alignment uh, where we cross back under 528 from the north to the south. And, um, and then the, the underpass uh, that is just east of I-95 is uh, we, we've completed a shoe fly, um, uh, um, you know, a bypass of the existing 528, um, relocated traffic to enable in situ tunnel construction under what was previously and will once again be the roadway, uh, but it has been relocated uh, temporarily to allow this underpass construction. Is there a particular area that has been challenging this year, or has there been more than one challenge uh, for the crews out there or designers to deal with in 2020? Um, I would say that, that uh, yes. Uh, I guess I'd preface it all by saying construction is really going very well. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the challenges we face, um, in the kind of east-west corridor are, uh, you know, constant vigilance about utilities. Um, our country is increasingly laced with uh, utilities, um, many of which, surprising number of which, are unmarked. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is a, a kind of a constant um, 
um, issue, uh, you know, just working with the utility companies, um, trying to locate the utilities that are known, um, trying to protect utilities that we discover that are, you know, are unmarked and identified. Um, and uh, so in the east-west corridor and also in the north-south corridor, this is a, um, a significant issue that, um, you know, keeps crews from operating at maximum productivity. Um, also in zone four, um, you know, we're, we're uh, continually concerned as a society with rail safety and with grade crossing safety. Um, and, um, you know, the, the bar is being raised um, um, continually on the best ways to protect the public uh, at grade crossings. Um, that includes vehicles and pedestrians. And um, so I, we've been challenged by a moving bar in terms of, um, you know, what, what uh, what we have to do at those grade crossings. Um, and uh, so we've had redesign that we've had to undertake, uh, and that's caused um, some resequencing of grade crossing work uh, that we've had to accommodate. Uh, but these are fairly normal things in uh, construction projects. Um, I've been doing it all my life, uh, so I'm pretty used to it. I mean, if it wasn't this group of problems, there'd be another group of problems. and. Um, all in all, uh, construction is going very well, and we're pleased with uh, with where we are. The redesigning of the crossings, uh, anything in particular that you, you're doing differently than what was originally called for? Yes, yeah, so uh, I guess, you know, there's, there's a number of things. One is um, uh, dynamic envelope marking um, is, uh, you know, is now sort of, a standard, uh, and this is just uh, you know more noticeable uh, pavement markings um, that are leading up to the approach to the grade crossing. Um, secondly, um, a lot of these grade crossings, well, the railroad was built before the roads here, um, as as it was in many places, but definitely this is a state where you know that rail roads built way before there were roads here. Uh, and uh, typically the, the first set of highways, the, uh, the routes designated as U.S. routes, like U.S. 1, uh, U.S.A. 1A, uh, were built alongside the rail corridor because that's where the transportation corridor seemed to be um, when, you know, growth began to happen in Florida. Uh, so we have situations here where, you know, US-1 is, is running parallel to the railroad, uh, and then the, the transverse streets, the cross streets, um, are joining up to US, crossing the railroad tracks and joining up to US-1. In some cases, A-1A's on one side and, and US-1's on the other. So, um, you know, you have um, um, approaches to grade crossings that are coming from the highways. Um, and uh, so another issue is uh, the, the approach grades to the grade crossings um, that, uh, you know, are there, there's a um, constant sort of um, re-evaluation of what's acceptable um, for approach slope grades um, that we've, uh, you know, that have caused uh, redesign. Um, pedestrian gates. Um, 
uh, you know, four uh, quad gates at uh, grade crossings, um, you know, where previously, uh, you know, there would have been two gates, so that means you're adding exit gates and you're adding separate uh, ped crossing gates. Um, um, those are the major ones. There's, uh, uh, there's also, you know, tying the signal systems to the traffic lights, uh, you know, ever-increasing technology um, is being employed there. Um, that isn't so much on our side, but we have to accommodate it within our signal system. Uh, so it requires, you know, design changes on, on the signal system on our side. So you mentioned the rainy season is starting up, and, and I've heard reports that the hurricane season could be particularly uh, rough this year. Um, so what do you do to help, you know, dealing with the rainy season in terms of drainage? And then what, 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 are, what are your plans for when hurricanes do come about? Well, um, each contractor is required to have, by our specification, a hurricane preparedness plan. We've been talking about this now for the last uh, month or so, um, that, uh, you know, get those hurricane plans out, get them updated, reread them, uh, be prepared, uh, you know, update them for, uh, you know, any new conditions. Um, we've, uh, you know, been, been monitoring the clearing and grubbing activity to avoid uh, stockpiles of brush, uh, getting them all cleared up, getting them out of the way. That tends to be a you know, a, a, um, a, a particular uh, danger point with, uh, with hurricanes that, you know, flying debris. Um, water control is continuous on this project. Um, you know, Florida is uh, are very sensitive environmentally. Um, it's basically a sponge. Uh, you know, we don't have that many giant rivers in this state, but we have lots and lots and lots of wetlands. So, uh, you know, when we get rain, uh, water levels rise rapidly. Um, we don't, we're not particularly subject to marine operations on this project because we don't have a lot of floating equipment, um, but control of the water and control of sediment in the water um, is an ongoing and daily uh, issue here. Um, so control of construction runoff um, is, is, you know, something that's monitored daily through monitoring points, um, turbidity monitoring uh, points at uh, various stations downstream from the project uh, into various creeks and rivers. Um, and, um, you know, there, there's, you know, now you can look at that. Our guys all have it on their apps, you know, on their phone apps, so they can check um, turbidity at any point in the drainage basin. And, um, you know, they can, you know, if, it, if there's a spike, you can set it to get an alarm that, you know, there's been a spike from, say, you know, a, a normal of three or, or so to 20 parts per million. Uh, and, and when that happens, um, you know, we know that uh, a turbidity barrier has probably been breached and, you know, we can send, get crews directly to that point, get the contractor to get crews directly to that point and, uh, you know, uh, repair any, um, you know, broken turbidity barriers. And uh, so, obviously, COVID is, is the major headliner uh, these days. Um, what have you guys done to adjust for that in terms of 
workers out on the job site, and uh, it doesn't sound like it's caused any any real delays with you. It sounds like you guys are pretty much on schedule, so maybe you can comment on that. Yes, we have been able to work through this and stay on schedule. Uh, we have uh, made uh, demonstrative adjustments in work practice. Um, the uh, you know uh, the, each each contractor we required each contractor to augment their safety plan with a, a COVID amendment um, or a, a pandemic amendment, uh, which you know we have. Uh, reviewed and edited and responded to to try to get each of our contractors on the same page with uh, best practice. Um, you know, social separation is uh, is highlighted uh, by, you know, our safety management and, and the contractors are fully on board with that. Um, activities that formerly would have been, you know, gangs closer, working closely together like tying rebar, uh, placing concrete, um, you know, mask uh, wearing is required in those kinds of situations where workers could come within six feet proximity of another worker. Um, the, but the actual work tasks are being redesigned to enable a social separation that's now, you know, increasingly a part of our construction engineering, our work planning activities, um, where you, you know, actually lay out the work plan for the day, who's going to do what, what equipment are you going to use, where is it going to be positioned, um, you know, how many, how many workers are in a crew, um, you know, what is each worker going to be doing, um, you know, how can this be redesigned, this work layout be redesigned to separate the crews. Um, so those kinds of activities have taken place. Um, I would comment, I, I, we've had very little COVID uh, in, in the workforce. Um, we have had instances of COVID on the job, but it's been mostly people in the office. Um, nobody here, fortunately, in this office, um, but, uh, you know, one of our contractors has had uh, three cases, um, and each of the other uh, one has had none, and each of the other two have had one each. Uh, so we've had five cases. Hurricanes, heavy rains, a pandemic. Nothing is getting in the way of progress on the Orlando Extension Project. I'd like to thank Mike Segalis for joining us. Look for another podcast very soon. For Railway Track and Structures Magazine, I'm Bill Wilson, and I will see you down the line.